everyone, Laura K. Buzz here, and today I am here with two of the biggest Heavy Rain fans I could find for a Heavy Rain spoiler cast. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Damn, what an introduction, man. <laughs> well, oh. I, I just thought I'd hit the ground running because the, the two of you were just so excited about Heavy Rain. It's such a great game, isn't it? <laughs> just a fair warning. This is Mari. Uh, for people who are huge fans of Heavy Rain, don't listen to this. Because well, you've you've got me here as the voice of balance. Yeah, we were like, Laura, we need you to give all the pros because <laughs> yeah, we're having so a hard time. <laughs> if if you hadn't been able to tell yet, I've been a little bit sarcastic. I am here today with Mari and Stacy from the Geek Remix channel, and Hello. Uh, you two weren't the biggest fans of Heavy Rain, were you? So well, to be fair, I actually think I found more to like about the game than Mari did. I think if they had, so I was like, okay, so you you ever heard of the worst idea of all time? Yeah. So I have to play the game with Stacy, then I have to edit the game, so I have to watch it all <laughs> over again, and then I have to make sure the recording works, so I have to look at it again, and then I have to upload it, and then like look at it one more time, being like, what happened in this episode, so I can like put a description and stuff, mm-hmm. and then yeah. I have to make sure it works on YouTube, so it's like... I, I have I know to this go pain. through it so many times. Mm. I know this pain very, very well. And for this game in particular, I don't envy you. Yeah. Uh. So uh, I think like the good elephant in the room to get to sort of get out of the way before we talk spoilers about like the plot in specifics is that I think there is a big difference between the first time I played through Heavy Rain and the playthrough you two have just done, which I think had a big difference on why I'm more positive on the game than both of you are. Yeah. Which is that when I first played through the game, through probably accident, I avoided about two-thirds of the creepy, rapey scenes with Madison. Really? Yes. But, so, f- for example, um, I never saw the one with the surgeon and the drill on my first playthrough. I never saw, like, I never saw, like, half of the scenes that you saw. And... Granted, it is still not great how they handle Madison as a character. I didn't see half the things that you both saw. But <laughs> I can understand why that made you a little less positive. So, yeah, I was thinking to myself, like, you know, maybe I could love this game in a kind of, like, endearing way if there wasn't so much creepy Madison stuff. You know, I could be like, oh, haha, like, this is so dumb. But then yeah. I was just like... But to be fair, we really liked Beyond Two Souls, and we just happened to have a playthrough where we didn't see Jody get almost raped oh. on a pool table. Now, see, yes. that's the opposite to my experience of Beyond Two Souls, because I did bump into the rape scenes in that game that can occur, and like, oh, yep, you're being attempted to someone's trying to rape you on a pool table. That's great, particularly when you're underage. Oh. So yeah. something I've noticed about those type of scenes... A lot of the time, I feel like they're punishments for a woman. Yes, mm-hmm. they We're... definitely are. Like, you did not... Well, it's it's you failed to notice the bad cues and failed to get out of here. Therefore, this is your punishment is usually and, the situation. Or it's a punishment because Jody's trying to sneak out, so she's being bad. Oh, yes. Or it's... Madison's trying to use her sexuality to do it, so she gets punished sexually. Or Madison's being snooping around apartments and, like, around a creepy guy so she gets kidnapped. Like, it's kind of weird. A very strange message to send. Like Just, just a little bit creepy. Yeah. yeah. 
I'm I, wondering I, I, what his point with those were. Does he, I, I, like, feel like he's, like, listening to women being, like, women saying, oh, I'm sexually harassed all the time, so he's like, oh, I need to let people know that this happens? Or is he a weirdo? He has talked about it in interviews, and I vastly disagree with his reasoning for it, but he has talked about why this is the case. He has argued in interviews before, and I don't know how much of this is translation issues, Uh that, yeah, he has said, hey, men are generally creepy and horrible to women, that's what I'm trying to get across. And I'm like, yeah, but you don't have to hammer it home that much to one character over 24 hours, you really don't. Um... I already have a prediction for David Cage's next game, uh, Detroit. No, I don't want to know. <laughs> uh, I'm just, I'm going to say this now. I'm pretty sure this is going to be right at the beginning of that game is you're going to have a sexual assault scene because this robot is, uh, is sentient and has free will. Someone's going to buy this, this female robot to use as a sex robot. And she'll say no. And it's going to get really weird and rapey and creepy. Like, um, I know David Cage, and I'm certain that's going to happen, like, chronologically near the start of that story. That sounds like a of... pretty solid prediction to me. It that, does. That has, been my, that has been my prediction since the beginning, is someone's going to buy her, tell her that they're going to have sex with her, and she'll say no, and you get the creepy David Cage rape scene. Well, because my... David Cage just can't resist them. Yeah. Well, I mean, but I, my I question kind of... is, is, by including so many sexual assault and rape scenes, it's like, does he view that as... That's, like, what you justly deserve if you misbehave. That, like, well, it's, no, it's kind of like a victim-blaming... It's, it's never what men deserve for their actions. It's always what women deserve for their actions, which... Uh, yeah, yeah, it's... Uh, but, like, it, every single man she yeah. interacts with is, like, except for Ethan, is staring at her butt. Like, they're really making it clear that they're being creepy as fuck. Yeah. Staring at her butt, yeah. like, doing all this weird stuff. And you know what? I do respect that he's trying to come from a place where it's like, yeah, men are like that. And maybe he's trying to be like, male gamers, don't you see what it's like? But the way that they're shot feels very like oh. a young but, you boy know, playing this would be aroused rather than realizing yeah. that this isn't okay. I feel like they also make it, especially in this the first scene, her dream, they... you it makes it so the player is ogling her first and then he turns it into an assault which is kind of like oh you're you're in on this and it doesn't really make you feel bad it just makes you think like oh so for the rest of this game if the camera is creeping on her as much as the other characters are then what is that showing us you know what is that supposed yeah. to mean it it is weird and i don't entirely know how to how to think about it but that that is a that is a thing that felt like it was definitely worth us getting out said and out the way before we start because i think that is depending on how many of those scenes you come across does have a big impact i think on how madison comes across as a character because even just giving her one or two scenes where she's not sexually assaulted is something it's some levity from that and she gets Oh, I don't know. It doesn't seem to have any weight on her as a person who develops as a character. She seems to go through these things and, like, it's totally fine, which is cool. I mean, maybe he was trying to be, like, sexual assault doesn't define you or something. But if it Mm. doesn't really have any meaning to it, 
and yeah like i get where he's trying like now that you've told me what his motivation is i get where he's coming from but i just don't think he's doing a good job like he doesn't do a good job with any of the dramatic things that happen because i feel like he just says things and he's like isn't that sad and you're like but you didn't put any effort into making that yeah I still maintain the best thing he's ever done was the um, the tech de- uh, the Kara tech demo that they put out years ago, which was five minutes long. It wasn't interactive, and it was just here is basically a five minute short film. David Cage can do five minute short films and do little bits of human interaction really well. Mm-hmm. The one where she's to afraid. Do a full yeah, the one where she's like, I don't want to be disassembled. I've just been born. Please don't kill me. Like that was really well done, I thought, and I'm like. David Cage is good at short stories about character studies. He's not good at linking them into developed narratives about characters who grow over time. Well, and one of the things that confused me is that the, the whole reason, presumably, why they would show that initial dream scene with her is to show that there's a history of assault or sexual assault in her past. But then in the rest of the game, you would think that she would be, they would show her like fighting through some kind of fear or, you know, dealing with some of those emotions and feelings, especially because these things keep happening to her, but they never explore That's It's like they set the stage for it and then they never explore what her character is really feeling mm. about it ever. They never touch on it. And yeah. it's very strange to like put all those things out there and be like, oh my gosh, all these crazy things are happening to her. And I'll let you figure out what that means, player. Yeah. It's it's also worth discussing, I think. Like, I had a genuine discussion with people about this the other day. Can you name a male character in Heavy Rain who is not a murderer, a sexual assailant, or an absolutely useless man who's afraid to talk to the police? Can you name a male character in Heavy Rain who is not one of those three archetypes? Jaden. Jaden. Okay, Jaden's a drug addict. Drugs. Okay, uh, eyeball glasses, Jade... glasses addict. Yeah, yeah, that's Jaden. Okay, I... he's an eyeball glasses addict. But he's, <laughs> he's okay. He's an addict. Um, but yeah, like I can't find a male character in that game who's portrayed. Positively. positively. Yeah. Which, which usually I would be like. Hooray, go video games. That's, you know, how I feel half the time about men. But uh, it it lost some of its potential. Like, I could have really loved it for that. Oh, no, all this stuff is weighing it down. Yeah. I just think that, like, if you were... So, like, what you said in the beginning of Detroit, you think that she'll be bought and a guy's going to want to have sex with her and she's going to say no. If she mm. says no and then, like, she escapes or something... Like, it would be interesting to have it not be the entire focus of her character, but her to be, like, really wary of humans or really wary of male humans, mm. you know? And I, sus- I I suspect that, like, there are ways that could be done right. It's just a question of, can David will Cage he do, do it right? right? And I'm I mean, not so certain. Like, last year I was going for a jog and this guy, like, cut me off and, like, had no pants on. And I've been, like... Having anxiety when I go for a run every day. I still go. I don't go for a run every day. But I still, like, go. But I still have anxiety. I, I It doesn't let control my life, but I still have feelings about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it, it would be, like... And I get, like, nervous when cars slow down around me, but it doesn't control my life. So it would be interesting if she, if she went through that and she, like, still went through the game. It just, like, 
affected a little bit of how she acted and stuff. It doesn't have to be defining her, but it would be interesting mm. if it had some sort of meaning, you know? Yeah. Now, while we're sort of like, I, I think this is probably a good place to be like, okay, this is all out the way. We'll, you know, okay, talk yeah, a bit sorry. about some of the other yeah. characters. That's all right. I'm just also very aware. It's like, we're probably, we could spend an entire hour talking about Madison, I think, if we wanted, but we got a bunch of characters to try and get through. Um, should we start, should we talk about Ethan Mars a bit? Yes. <laughs> what, what, how would you describe Ethan Mars as a character? Uh, he is wearing, I would say, like, early 2000s Old Navy dad clothes. Um, he's, you know, I want to feel bad for him because he goes through some really awful stuff. But at the same time, it's it's hard to take him seriously, you know? Yeah, he's he's an indignant father who's like, nope, 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 I've got this, I've got this. And this is after, like, one of his children has died because they ran away from him and got hit by a car. Another of his children got kidnapped and is being held for murder. And he's like, nope. Everything is fine. I can do this. I don't need help. I'm a dad. I'm a dad. He he is like dad who won't ask for directions, the character. Oh, yeah. Well, as we discovered, the whole reason the serial killer sends all the messages to the dads is because he is preying on exactly that type of mentality. I I have never heard that, that reasoning before. And when you talked about that in the LP, I was like... That is exactly it, and that makes so much more sense now. Because that's always been one of my big hang-ups about Ethan, is why does he never talk to the police? And it's like, he is deliberately picking dads who, you know, are not going to be, who aren't going to talk to the police. Yeah, who are, like, honorable and want to, like, protect their children themselves, and it's like, yeah. Uh. All the women try to call the police, and the dad's like, put the phone down, I'm going to go find our son. I can handle this, honey. Yeah. It's just, um, I, sorry, go on. Well, like, I remember Stacey and I, we tried to play it in 2010. I, like, picked it up and I was like, I think I had just showed her Mass Effect 2. We used to do, like, Let's Plays before we did Let's Plays, you know? <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Um, I was like, oh, okay, I got this, like, cool new game. And we're, like, playing it. And I, we were just like, oh, my God, this is unbelievable. And we only got, like, an hour in before we both were like, I can't play this game anymore. This is so mm. stupid. I think so, like, we, got, um, we got to the kitchen scene where you're trying to, like, pick up the orange juice and make Sean a snack. And that was when we yeah. quit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, that was the game I picked up a PS3 for. I picked up a secondhand PS3 to primarily to play Heavy Rain. And, like, it is certainly flawed. Like, the big problem I have with it in general is just, A, that it is, it is like those, um... You know those B-movie films that are clearly made with so much passion that it's like, this is terrible, but I kind of love it? Mm-hmm. Like The Room? Like I had, yeah, I had a very similar feeling to, to the feeling with The Room. Um, it feels like everything is being done very sincerely, even if it's being done very badly. And like the other big issue I had with it was just, if you're going to have scenes where I'm running around shouting a child's name trying to find them record more than four voice clips for how I say that child's name. Jason! 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 So I have... Jason! I have a question. So, Heavy Rain, the way it told the story in terms of the mechanics, the overall, like, Mm. 
spider web mechanics. You know, anybody yeah. can die, blah, blah, blah. Like, so many different ways you can get end up. That, you know, is very interesting and, you know, very commendable. But I'm mm. wondering, is because of that, does that make it harder to tell a story? Because, you know, until Dawn had that same very interesting mechanic and it still had a kind of like a... You know, the same B-movie feel, even though they were going for it intentionally. Mm-hmm. Is there some sort of... Is it possible to tell a strong story that has I, that many branches? Or is it just... I, I, I feel like it definitely is possible. I think the major benefit that Until Dawn had is that it was developed in a post-Telltale world. Where, in spite of all the issues with Telltale games... They did lay out a good formula for how to do a branching story that sort of does a diamond formation where it does pretty much pull back into one point, but various variables can have happened along the way. And that is a... In terms of, like, not trying to defend David Cage too much for, like, some bad storytelling stuff he does, he didn't have the benefit of being able to look at the Telltale Games playbook of how they manage it and be like, oh, I can apply that to a full-length AAA game. Another thing I want to bring up, sorry to be all over the place, is that another game that came out that year that also had something similar going on in that it had lots of mini stories, lots of characters, and any of those characters could have died was Mass Effect 2. Yes. And it seems that I felt like even though that game is kind of cheesy when it wants to be, I felt like those characters and those stories were a little bit more, I don't know, the fandom for Mass Effect 2 was stronger for a reason, I feel. Well, let's not forget that there's a huge part of Heavy Rain, not huge part, but like a very, a kind of key part that was cut from the final story. Oh god, the whole psychic link between yes. Ethan and uh, and the killer. And I that feel was like- a very bad choice to make. And well, I feel like when you I, cut a part out, but then you still leave in some of the elements of it. Yeah, it's no wonder that the, the story. I mean, it where like, yeah, because it, it does do this weird yeah. disjointed thing to Ethan's narrative, where he has those blackouts and then never explained as to why he's having the blackouts and. For anyone who doesn't doesn't know, what was initially intended to happen is he would black out, have dreams of swimming through like um, underwater houses and things, and that was because the killer was around at the time when Ethan jumped in front of the car to set to try and save his son. That created a psychic link. So whenever the killer is killing children, Ethan blacks out, wanders around, folds an origami figure, and then like wakes up. Yeah. Is that is that what's yeah I think that was what was would going on. Would that have I'm, made more sense? I'm not uh, sure. Well, I'm at not first I was it, like it would definitely make more sense, but now that you've explained it, I'm like I don't know. But you it, know what? Whether it, it makes more sense or not, the fact that there are still elements of a cut story in the final product I, means that you I'm, have a build up to something that never happens and never yeah. is concluded. I'm I'm thankful that they cut it because I feel like that narrative is definitely stronger without supernatural elements. But I, equally, I wish that we didn't have the hooks to that still being a core part of the story. Yes. Because um, why does he black that... out? Why does he have an origami figure? You know, it's what? 
No, it's yeah. never explained. And neither is well, some of the technology in there. I what was okay. I understand the point of Jaden's glasses because that's cool. But is this like an alternate reality where people just randomly have extremely good technology and then average technology? It's confusing to me because the the psychiatrist had like some sort of crazy thing in the in the attic of a church yeah, or he something. Yeah, like his brain scan machine computer. Where it was telling him uh, what his emotions were and stuff, and it was, I don't know. Well, they didn't even know what U.S. city it was supposed to be in, because every character in the movie has a different accent. The movie. The movie. Uh, in the game. Now I'm doing what you were doing during the Let's Play, calling I know, it's not, it's not us. It's the game. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I, I have one thing, like, obviously, you unfortunately, because of the nature of doing a Let's Play of a game that, you know, came out years and years ago now like six years ago you didn't have the benefit of finding out who the killer was organically it was ruined for you along the way yes well i was like i was like like he seems like such a good person and i was like he's the killer because he was like going to everybody's house and i was like then and then everyone in the comments was like "Uh, oh uh," and i was like okay thanks okay so yeah No, no one was being sly in the slightest but like did did you like the reveal of him as the as um uh, what's his name? I'm forgetting his name now. Um, Shelby. Shelby. Yeah. Did you like the Did you like the way they set up Shelby as the the killer and the motivation behind why he was serial killing? Uh, I don't know. I I, I really I don't have the ability. See, it it was like ruined. I was like, is he? Is he? I didn't get to have that like questioning myself moment. It was just. Well, I did get to have the questioning myself moment, but it was more like, and then everyone just said it, so then that was the reveal for me. So it wasn't. Yeah. I mean, well, that's that's, that's I really, fair, definitely. I really like I like crime stories a lot. So if you if you were to actually, for instance, take Madison out of the game, or take all of those crazy scenes with her out of the game and just leave this as a crime story. You know, it reminded... It could have been a great crime Mm. story, I felt like. And that's the thing that I love about Heavy Rain, in spite of all its flaws, is that at its heart, there is a really... For my money, I think there's a really interesting crime story there of someone whose father refused to help, and because of that, he saw his brother die. Because of this, he has this real thing about, like, fathers proving that they do actually love their sons... And that's what sets off the the sort of uh, spring of serial killings. I also think it was really interesting as a decision to have um, sections of the game playable from the killer's perspective. The um, like you you both worked it out. I didn't pick up on it quite so quickly. The idea of oh he's picking up the clues that he left behind. Wait, no, Stacy said if it's Shelby, that's stupid. Well, he, but I also knew that he had a. <laughs> Yo, you said that. I said, Dude, what if he's the killer? And then you went on about how that was stupid. It is stupid. It, it, <laughs> I don't think it's stupid. I think it's really good. I like that reasoning of like, that's his, his cover for going to those places, being like, look, I'm investigating the murders. And. But the thing I is, thought- like, Mari, it's stupid in the context of the game Heavy Rain. In the context of a crime story, which Heavy Rain is not. Like. <laughs> 
I said I think that it's a crime story. Well, it is, but it, like when we said that, that was like four hours into the game. That's like before you even really realize that all you're doing is playing the crime story. That yeah, that's the whole thing. You know what I mean? It is. I I do still like it. I like the the, the I like the reasoning for their backstory of the serial killer and uh, I like I, that uh, he he didn't think he was a bad person and he was like mm. going back and getting the clues but he also was like I'm helping these people because yeah. he has that like weird dissonance in his mind where he's like oh yeah I killed their child and their father yeah. but I'm gonna also um, help this baby because I'm a good person I, I will defend Heavy Rain that if you play through it multiple times there are a lot of bits of Shelby's dialogue that are really cleverly written that once you know for certain he's the killer make a lot more sense like a really good example is you know that scene where uh what's the woman who's being who's like i'm gonna be your assistant oh um, laura or laura. what's her name yeah, lauren. lauren lauren yes uh it's the scene where they're in the car and lauren gets out the car and there is a line that he says that uh is something along the lines of um i can't i can't just let her go I know that she would do anything to find her son's killer, which is obviously intended to come across as, look, she's going to keep looking, uh, she's going to keep looking for the killer. She's going to get herself hurt if I don't keep an eye on her. You know, I can't let her get hurt. But once you know he's the killer becomes, she's going to find out that I'm the killer unless I keep an eye on her. I think he really did care about her, though. I think he, I think he did, but I also think he was terrified. Like she is really determined. If I just let her walk off now, she is going to work out that I'm the killer. Yeah, and I I really like some of those lines where it's like it is just very, very cleverly written around the fact that you're getting his perspective, but he's the killer. I like the story, but I don't find Shelby a very believable serial killer. And one of the main reasons, which I stated in the let's play was because i can't imagine him folding tiny origami figures (laughs) i really can't i was looking at his hands and i was like really which is why it it almost made sense that you'd have ethan folding them instead but i mean if he's if he's been folding them since childhood then he's had plenty of time to like keep up with doing them i suppose um yeah I, I did have one big problem with the, the whole idea of Shelby being the, the killer, which is, you know that scene where he allegedly, like, the camera pans away from him for, like, six seconds. Oh, what and in was that with time, that? Yeah. Yeah, it pans away for, like, it's not long enough for anything to happen. It pans to Lauren for about six, seven, eight seconds and back to him, and he's still in place. And apparently in that time, he ran to the back office silently murdered the shopkeeper with with a typewriter yeah yeah with a typewriter with a very quiet typewriter apparently yeah kill uh, yeah killed him called the police left the phone hanging and then ran back out also why did he call the why would he call the police on himself because like i don't know it makes no sense why he would do nothing makes any sense yeah. If, if Lawrence, if Lawrence already got the list of origami things, then what? Like, what do you gain by murdering the old man? Here's one thing I want to say. <sighs> I want to ask a serious question. Okay. Is Sean an animal killer? Because you walk upstairs, <laughs> there's a dead bird on the ground outside the cage. He's holding it, and he goes. It's dead. I would do anything to bring it back. And he's like, it's okay, Sean, that the birds... And you're like, but what happened? 
Did he kill that you, bird or is the bird just I, dead? What? I know you asked that question. I just, I was happy to just assume, okay, the child was looking after the bird, didn't take care of it properly, the bird died, and he's now yeah. really sad. Like but he the didn't bird feed it or was something. flapping he, like, around. Yeah, like he didn't feed it properly. He went up to feed the bird and it was dead, and he took it out of the cage and was like, why aren't you moving? Oh, I'm sad now because my bird's dead. The bird was right next to the parents' ha- bedroom. You can look at the bird thir- from 30 minutes ago. Bird's flopping around, having a bird all time. Yeah, well, Come well, back, well, bird's when dead. animals die, it's sometimes very quick. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, my, my, I, mean, I my don't know. My sister's hamster died, and it took like half an hour. It was running around happily, and then it was dead. The kid yeah. also looks a lot like Damien from the movie Damien, so. Yeah. So it's pretty like, clear he's the spawn of Satan. I, I think the reason I didn't question it, and this is a story that if my sister ever hears this, she won't be happy that I've told, but oh well. My sister had two guinea pigs. She was meant to be looking after them, and one of them died. Uh, My parents didn't tell her the guinea pig had died to see whether she noticed. It took her three weeks to notice that her guinea pig had died. And my parents were like, oh yeah, have you fed the guinea pigs today? Have you played with the guinea pigs today? And for three weeks she was like, yep, did it earlier. And... Because of that, I never question things like this because I'm like, yeah, children try and look after animals and they, like, fuck up and, ch- and animals die and then they feel really guilty. Like, that is a thing that children do. So, I didn't question that Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, uh... I don't know, it just not- re- reminded me of that one story from Kill Bill where the yeah. little girl kills the goldfish. Yeah, I can, I can see that. Um... <laughs> So, characters we've not talked about. We've not really talked about uh, Norman Jaden yet. My favorite the character. best one. Yeah. Norman Jaden is wonderful. Um, I want his cyber glasses. I know that they're stupid technology, but... <laughs> now, like, it seemed like ridiculous technology when Heavy Rain first they're came Oakleys, out. They're Oakleys, Lara. Don't do uh, it. <laughs> I, I don't want them to be Oakleys, but now that VR's, like, a thing coming out next month, I'm like, can I have the... the, the the program for my VR goggles that lets me sit in a virtual office on Mars. It's what, as Stacy cool. said, it's what Google Glass could have been. Yeah. I I feel like that's what I want VR to be, is I just want, I just want to be able to sit in an office on the moon and, and I'll be happy. Um, so yeah, what did, what did you think of him as a character? He was great. Nothing, nothing to complain about. I know. It's kind of funny that there, he's like the one character that I look at and I'm like, there he is, the one character. <laughs> His partner is an unbelievable asshole. Like, I don't believe that any human being could be as much of an asshole as his partner. I thought they were gonna fuck, and then I and I was like, those two are gonna fuck, right? And then later I heard that no. his character was gay and got cut out, and I was like, maybe, maybe you know, they were gonna fuck. I don't know if that's <laughs> true because I was no, looking. No, they're for- gonna fuck. Don't take this away from me. <laughs> I was looking for evidence, and the only person who ever said that was PewDiePie. He just like well, offhandedly... you know what? PewDiePie is God, so therefore he was gay. Well, he That's just fine. like if if there is any source that exists, then I will take it, and I won't take it away from anyone. But so, my there we go. Qu- so my question about that though is that even if it was true, um, and I couldn't find it stated anywhere, the only people that like were talking about it were just talking about it in reference to what PewDiePie said. But even if it is true, does it really matter? If it's never addressed, if it's like, it matters on paper. On paper, no. Well, exactly. (laughs) To me, it matters deep down. No, I I know what you mean. It's 
if, if it's never explicitly stated, it's kind of terrible uh, if you're trying to use it as an example of representation or anything. But... Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. now I I was like totally believing it, being like, oh, which one of which one of these guys was he supposed yeah. to end up with? <laughs> which one? But no, I yeah, but I I liked the mechanic of as stupid as it was going around with the cyber glasses to find the clues. I like a stupid that. mechanic, but I really enjoyed it. Um, it made no sense, really, but it was great. Yeah. And I really enjoyed going through and like putting the clues together afterwards and being like, okay, well that suggests that and that goes to that. And I like that he was pretty quick to be able to put together some like, hey, here is a basic idea of who this killer is. Like it didn't take him all game to do that. It was like, mm-hmm. oh, we're, we're an hour or two in. Here's a pretty good idea of your killer. Yeah, the scenes with him were just really fun. And I liked, you know, paging through the, like, the virtual world to put together all the clues. You know, I feel like a lot of other detective games, it's like you still do things very, like, pen and paper. Like, oh, here's my notebook. And, you know, let me, like, Mm. put thumbtacks on a board. Like, that type of stuff. And this just felt like much more futuristic because in reality, even now, people probably do things on computers, theoretically. It would be easier. According to every detective show I see on TV, there's holographic interfaces made by artists. So if you've ever seen Bones, there's an artist who likes to wally about and then she'll make programs in which she's like, I just made this program with GDLA and uh, I made a 3D holographic interface of the victim's body. And I'm like, what? Okay, sure. This well, is like, what? Why? Who, who's paying your department? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And she's supposed to uh, be like a traveling artist. Like, there's no reason why she would know how to do all this, like, insane computer <laughs> stuff. But it doesn't matter. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've just thought about something with Lauren. Uh, not with Lauren, with Madison. Um, let me try that again. I've just thought of something with Madison that I think... I, I've not had a chance to really ask anyone about this. Thoughts on the whole reveal that she's a reporter and that that's why she's sticking around Ethan? No. Uh, <laughs> uh. People are like, well, she doesn't know that he's the killer. She thinks he's not the killer. I'm like, up until the point where she actually grabbed the evidence, she had every reason to think he was the killer. Even if she was a reporter. Yeah, like... I, without thinking about it too much, like that as a concept. I like the idea that it's like, oh, she recognized who Ethan Miles was and was like, right, this is my scoop. The other reporters don't know that he that this is where he's gone. They're all still, you know, around his house. And had she at the very least, like, told someone where she was going so that if she was murdered, someone could be like, right, the killer is Ethan. I, if she'd at least done that, I'd have been like, okay, that's, you know... It's, it's an interesting twist, and it was a much better justification than we had up to that point. So Still doesn't mean it was a good justification, yeah. but it was much better than any justification we'd pr- previously had for her I being mean, there. I mean, it, just, okay, it irritated me that up until that point, you're sitting there the whole time being like, Madison, you're an idiot. What are you doing? You know? Because you think that it, the game leads you to believe that really she's just an idiot idiot who has this like sexual assault history and still somehow feels comfortable hanging out with a serial killer and it just makes the whole thing feel so unbelievable it made it really hard for me to 
find her character be- character believable whatsoever. And I understand that they probably had reasons for wanting there to be like a reveal that she's a reporter. But for me personally, if they had put that at the beginning, that her whole character would have just felt so much more believable for me. I yeah. One thing that I did not understand is they have sex. And then you get into her head and you listen to her thoughts and she goes, I think I'm falling in love. And I'm like, it's been like two days. And you, the only thing you know about him is that you, every time you see him, you have to patch him up. Yeah, like, and the whole, the whole weird juxtaposition of she's clearly a sexual assault victim who is now like very willing to wander into this stranger that she knows is accused of murders motel room without telling anyone where she's going like that feels very at odds with each other yes yeah and also like i feel like this is a good point to mention you want a good story centering around someone who's got a history of sexual uh, sexual assault go watch jessica jones jessica jones did this so much infinitely better also um uh another i mean i wouldn't it's a good story but uh the girl with the dragon tattoo she goes through something very violent and then she initiates sex with what i would call her friend and that's like you know kind of typical of somebody who's gone through something because he's kind of like she would see him as like she just sometimes when things like that happen to you you kind of become more sexually active but with people that you perceive as Safe. Uh, safe. Yeah, which that yeah. makes sense in the context of her story. It's just that when she's going through all of this and then she initiates sex of somebody who might not be safe, it just, like, the girl with the it, dragon tattoo, <sighs> Jessica Jones, like, they all both have different ways that they uh, respond to what they went through, and they were both very believable. Just this one. Yeah, they're, they're both... Like, yeah, that is the problem, is it's... Uh, this just wasn't right. It was a very odd juxtaposition of two things that did not work together. Um, so what other characters... What other characters have we got that we haven't really talked Wait, about Wait, let yet? me just say um, something. After oh, sorry, go she on, gets go on. <laughs> the gun pointed at her, I'm sorry we keep going back to this, hits on the face, goes... Like, she, she almost got killed, okay? She goes, you go, girl. And I'm like, what?! Yeah, oh takes it God, very yes. lightly. Uh, okay, that that scene, uh, this is another of those examples where mm, that scene played out very differently for me and that line didn't seem nearly so weirdly at odds with the scene. So I think I was still, just so overwhelmed that I didn't yeah. know what to do, so then I kept failing. I just was yeah. really freaked out, so sorry. So, like, I, I still had to do the whole rip the skirt thing and everything and you get up there and he pulls the gun on you. And I went straight for the lamp, which for me, it was like I undid two or three buttons, hit him over the head with the lamp. And I can, in that context, see you go, girl. It's still not the right phrase for that sentence. But makes a little more sense. It's not nearly as like weirdly conflicting as I am now. Because I I was watching your LP and you were like, I didn't realize you could end up topless and like no bra on. And then it's like, yeah, I stripped for this man, but then I hit him. Like, yeah, go go me! It's just, like, stupidly chipper. It feels like 
the way she said it felt like it should have been some big girl power moment where like the Spice Girls should have been playing in the background. I'm like, that's <laughs> not right for this moment. Uh, so what what uh, what what characters we haven't really talked about Lauren out of the context of Shelby yet. Uh, oh, thoughts on? Did Lauren? you save her from the car? Yes, I did. Oh, see, yeah, did I you? failed at that. Oh. Now, see, I've not seen the last few episodes of your LP because we're recording this before your last few have gone. Oh, out, so. whoops, sorry. Uh, no, th- oh, no, that's all right. So, Lauren, for you, died. Yeah. Yes. Well, okay, so I just want to, okay, not saying that being a sex worker is bad. In fact, like, I think, you know, she didn't let that define her at all or anything. I just think it's really interesting that all of David Cage's female characters in this game who have a major part have some sort of, I don't want to call her a victim, but, uh, you know, she, she's asked the guy to leave. And then I guess another one of her, uh, clients comes in and tries to hurt her and he has to save her. There's some sort of violence in their background. It's a, a I would say it is a sexual violence because he's her client in terms of sex working. It just seems like every all the major female characters, all two of them, uh, have that mm. context to them, and it just yeah. At, at least with Lauren, it doesn't follow her through the rest of the game. It's not repeatedly like reshown to you. Um, in terms of like the stuff that happens after Lauren, after Lauren dies, um, um, okay, Lauren, Lauren can die underwater. Um, Regardless of whether or not Lauren was saved, Scott will then confront Kramer face to face. Um, if if Lauren dies, you get the more emotional version of Scott's dialogue, which is more sort of dry and less emotional if she survived. And then she does she does appear a little bit later. Um, da, da, da. Sorry about this. I'm just trying to find the various things that can happen to her because I'm trying to remember which one. Which which one was me? Um, oh yeah. If 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 they die, then you end up with just like a very sad pan on some graves. Is her ending? Is just oh here, have a look at these sad graves of all the people that died along the way. <laughs> oh god. Um. So yeah, it's all it's all a bit sad, regardless. But um. She doesn't appear much more in the game anyway, even if you save her. It doesn't make a huge difference to how that plays out. Oh, wait. Okay, like... there's one where she does live. If, there is one where she lives, yeah. If bo- can, I'm going to read can... it out just because. Yeah. Uh, if both Scott and Lauren survive the old warehouse and trapped respectively, then Scott will walk down the same street in unpunished. However, he runs into Lauren. She states that she called all the families whose sons died and none of them ever hired Scott and Scott as a killer. I've never never seen this ending. After reminding Scott that she made a promise to kill the man who killed her son, (gasps) Lauren pulls out a gun and executes Scott. What? (laughs) That's way better. I've never seen that one. It's called A Mother's Revenge. Oh, so for this one, this one is Scott has to not die. Um, and Lauren has to survive. Yeah, because, okay, that'll be why I've never seen A Mother's Revenge, is that Scott, for me, always dies falling into, like, the the, the mechanical grinder in that final place in the warehouse. Wait, so in oh. order for that to happen, does Jaden have to die? 
Or Madison. Jaden or I Madison. So. It's if if Jaden dies, then Scott can live. And if Lauren also lives to that point, she murders Scott. Also, I'm not sure if that's really better because then it's like you're just trading one character for the other. I'm just saying there's two in which she can live. Another one is if Scott dies and Lauren lives, she'll stand over his grave uh, and then she'll be like, oh, I hate you and spits on his grave. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. So, yeah, that she gets some good endings. I quite like Lauren as a as a character and I like that she's not willing to just sit back and not question what's going on with the investigation. Yeah. Cuz like she has a good, she has a much better motivation than Madison for why she's like getting herself involved in all this. I mean, the one thing I will say is that even though the two female characters have, you know, David Cage kind of like puts them through the ringer in terms of their backstory, uh, they're both really, you know, can do, like, I don't care, I'm just gonna go out there and do what I think I need to do in order to get the, con- you know, the conclusion that I want. Like, yeah. M- Madison goes out and investigates, like, despite everything that's happened to her. Lauren is like, fuck you, this guy tried to, you know, beat the shit out of me, but I'm gonna find out what happened to my son in any way I can. Um, so, I mean... That's good. Yeah, that's cool. I like. I I appreciate mm. his sentiment. You know, yeah. I, I appreciate that he's like. I have female friends who've told me all this stuff, and I I'm willing to listen and to show that this happens. It's just yeah. that the execution is really weird. Yeah, there is one other female character that we've not talked about, which is Ethan's wife, whose name I don't remember, and I don't know if it's ever said. Yeah, what's uh, her name? Uh, yeah. Uh, so I'm calling her. E- I'm calling her Ethan's wife because I don't remember her name ever being mentioned in the game. Um, Ethan's wife. She doesn't have a sexual assault history that we're made aware of, and she goes to the police to say, "Hey." My husband's been re- acting really strange since our son was kidnapped. Her name and he is wasn't a- Grace. Oh, sorry, yeah. Grace. Okay. And she goes to the police and says, "My son's been act- and my father's been- my husband's been acting really weird, and he wasn't around, and he was doing something odd when the last kid was killed. I think my husband might be the killer. <laughs> I I think that her actions are so understandable. I'm like, thank you." Thank you for doing the sensible thing of noticing what's going on and talking to the police. I know. And it's like, oh, she's so wrong, like, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, uh, I mean, you know. With the evidence she has at hand, she's totally in the right to do that. And if Ethan had taken what he had to the police. (sighs) Yeah, he he could have. He could have gone in after, say, three of the, the trials and been like, look, I've got a partially complete address can you help me work out where he might be holding my son? If he gets arrested by the police, doesn't Norm and Jaden let him out? Yep, yeah, Norm and Jaden ba- uh, bails him out and he never gives any evidence to the police. I'm like, the police catch you, all you have to do is say, look, I got this box of stuff, I think this is leading me to the killer. But Will why did they let him out? It? Oh, I don't remember why they let him out. There's, 
There's some, like, insufficient evidence or something. He committed a felony in that he drove the wrong way. He must have killed at least they, they 20 don't people. That, they, don't, they don't know that's they him, They don't though. know that it's him. They don't know that it's him that drove the wrong way down the oh, road. Oh, okay. The Remember? only thing they know... Yeah, the only thing they know is that his wife said, hey, he wasn't around during one of the origami killings. And they're like, oh, this is suspicious, and he's going to, like... Dodgy parts of town where he shouldn't be. One they have nothing concrete on him. I find very strange about this game is that they'll say that certain people are very important, but then there's these other people who are not important about killing at all. Like the part, there's two parts I'm specifically thinking about is that he drives the wrong way in a highway, which very clearly at least 10 people died from. Like they were all swerving all, like so many car accidents. And he, like, yeah. hits a police car. One, I, I'm pretty sure I remember a police car flipping over and at least blowing up. And so that's, like, some cops who died who were just, you know, those cops were just doing their job. No, Not an overall commentary on the cops in current situations right now. And then uh, you go as Scott to the rich guy's mansion, kill about 30 dudes, and then it's like, are you gonna be the type of person who just lets him die? And I'm like, who cares? Like, why does the his life matter so be... much more than all the other... At that point, yeah. who cares? E- Ethan, the world would have been better if Ethan died. If he died, a lot of people would who were innocent probably would have lived in his place. But... Like, what did you do with the the trials? Because you completed the first three trials. You didn't murder the man that you had no motivation to kill. Correct. Well, I mean, he's just a drug dealer. What is that? That's, like, not the worst. That's Exactly. Like, my my logic up to there was, um, like, I will do things that harm myself to save my son. I'm not going to hurt other people to save my son. Yeah, well, and well, like, you know, murdering a random person—that would be essentially a form of like vigilante justice, like yeah. enacting yourself as the judge, jury, and executioner, and just being like, "This person's a drug dealer. I'm just gonna kill them." That's yeah, not like, how. which isn't even in, worth in, killing over at all. Mm, no, like, <laughs> yeah, like that's the one that I didn't do. Did you two drink the poison? Yeah, I yes. mean, at that point, I was like, "I yeah. hope we die." <laughs> I, I I initially drunk the poison and later I was sort of like it turns out what you need to do is you need to complete three of the trials to have enough information to work out where your son is so like I've seen people who didn't drink the poison because they're like what use is it saving my son if I'm gonna die straight after and I was like no it's fine I'll take the poison I'll make sure I've got as much information as I can I'll save my son I'll redeem myself um Apparently there's an ending where Ethan, like, can get captured by the police, put in prison, and then hang himself at the end. Oh my god! One of of Ethan's endings, I don't know what leads to this. I think it's if, uh, because, like, he gets shot. If Madison, if Madison dies, then when Ethan tries to leave the warehouse, he gets shot. Yes, that makes sense. Um, if, um, if Blake is still around, I think... uh, Ethan gets arrested and that's where he ends up in prison and commits suicide. I think you need both of them alive for Ethan to leave in one piece. I think. I may have that mixed up, but there is there is an ending that he can just be like everyone is dead and Ethan's in prison and Ethan commits suicide because one you know, thing, this game can get really dark. 
One thing that I thought was really funny is that the t- the timer on the watch goes to one, and he's like, oh, "I'm still alive." And I'm like, "But poison is okay." <laughs> like, like yeah. you in exactly one hour, you will die. And he's like, not feeling any effects before that, but he's like, oh, "I'm not dead, so therefore there was never any poison at all." Like mo. What? Yeah, and like two minutes later, he could just die anyway. But yeah. of course yeah. he won't because it's fine. Um, in in your ending, did Ethan end up with Madison? Yes. I don't mm. know. Why. How do you feel about that? It doesn't Whatever. make any sense. There really is nothing to base it on. Uh, she's a like, woman and he's a man. Yeah. Uh, it felt like, like did, another did, one of those, like, oh, it's a male character and female character. They have a relationship I, now for no reason. I, I have one guess as to why it might be. Did you have sex? Did you make the two of them have sex? Oh, yeah. They, like, flopped around on the floor, if that's what you're saying. Uh, yeah, that would be the one. I'm pretty sure that's the deciding factor. Did you have sex during this murder trial? Therefore, you're going to get married now. Well, I at that point, we were just like, let's just be the most disgusting we can be and have yeah. them have sex because I, she just got forced to strip at gunpoint and right before that some guy tried to murder her and rip her clothes off and stick a drill in her vagina and he's missing his son and he's covered in burns and infections so right now is the best time to fuck i i'm pretty sure if you don't have sex then i think that's what allows you to not have to be in a relationship at the end so just I remember think. everybody if you have sex with somebody that means you are going to get married if one of you is a is a potential serial killer that's how it yes. works that it, is how it works <laughs> and then they move into oh. an apartment that's not as good as madison's apartment and i was like okay whatever like <laughs> i i don't know um, so do we have any closing thoughts we'd like to talk about before we wrap up today? <laughs> I think that maybe I could have liked this game endearingly if Madison wasn't handled so poorly. Yeah. And this this, Just- this is the thing for me is in my playthrough, I didn't see half the scenes that you saw with Madison and I do quite endearingly like this. I know that it's still very badly written in places and way over the top in its presentation. But I would love that. I still that. have a, I still have yeah. a soft spot in my heart for it, and I'll come back to it two or three years from now and play it again. But I can totally understand what put you off of it. To but, be honest, okay. I will probably end up replaying this game just to see all because I like going back and seeing different endings, and this felt. The game felt, I mean, even though there were parts of it that were so cringy to me, I had a lot of fun playing it mm. and just seeing exactly how cringy it could get. Yeah. And I feel like if you go through next time with a walkthrough so you can sort of know how to avoid certain scenes that you don't want to see again, I think there are a lot of interesting things to be like, oh, that was pointing that out and I didn't notice. And there's a lot of interesting stuff that is foreshadowed, but I can't blame anyone who plays this and goes, Oh, that wasn't great, and decides not to play <laughs> like, it. what the fuck? I'm out of here. Wait, yeah, I want to. I want to touch on a subject. Is that in all of our comments? So we say Stacy specifically says in the very first episode, we're not going to take this game seriously. We're on episode like 13 right now. No, 14, and people are like, oh, why don't you like this game? Why aren't you taking it seriously? Um, the reason she's like that is because of the spoiler. I'm like, why are you defending it so... Why are you still here? Why are you still here? Why are you still watching this? 
I don't understand. Well, they were, they were hoping that if you reached a certain point, then you'd suddenly be like, oh, now I see, I regret all of my not taking it seriously, and I take it seriously now. It's genius! Oh my David god. David Cage, so you're a stupid. genius! Oh my god, he's so smart. And it's like, no, like, the, even if without the Madison part, it's like a lot of the sappy parts. Never mind. I just. Why are you still here? <laughs> That's all. <laughs> Oh, so without any further ado, now's probably a good point for us to wrap up. So, uh, yes. time to do self promotion. Mari and Stacy, where can people find you on the internet? The Geek Remix channel. Uh, you can find me, Mari, at, at Geek Remix on all the social medias, I think. Not Snapchat, though. I don't know how that works. Uh,. Yeah. And I'm Stacy. You can find me at Geek Remix a lot on Twitter and Tumblr. Hooray! Um, and you can find me at Laura K Buzz on pretty much everything. Laura K Buzz on Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, Patreon, whatever you want to find me on. So thank you very much. We'll probably have another spoiler cast of something that uh, that Mari and Stacy hate again sometime soon. <laughs> uh, thank you for listening. Bye. Thank you for, Bye. you for listening to the SJW podcast. The SJW spoiler cast. Hooray! Bye. Bye.